Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode, at some point I started running like crazy distances, 70, 80, 90 kilometers, 100 kilometers in a one day, second day, third day, second week, and I was like, what the hell is happening to me? Running with Jake, the podcast, because every runner needs the occasional plot, and here's your host, Jake Lowe. Oh, thank God. It's podcast time. I'm so happy. It's like Tuesday. It's Tuesday, obviously, when we record. Wednesday, when we release these full-length episodes. Welcome to the show, by the way. Great to have your company. I just, I realised something today, Pete, for the first time. Obviously, I get very excited about recording the show each and every week. Of course, yeah. But I get... I get really bored and agitated in those few minutes leading up to when we record. I just hate it because I don't... Like, we obviously schedule this each week, don't we? And typically we record at 9am on a Tuesday. You were late this morning, by the way. You're normally on it. You didn't call me. I had to call you. I can see you on the video screen. But I just get a bit bored. I'm, like, kicking around for 10 minutes. You know, it's, like, not enough time to really do anything, get Mm. into anything. So I'm just sort of, like, 8.50. I'm just... I don't know, I'm just bored, man. I'm just so happy we're recording now. It's great. You're like a small child just before Christmas, or a, um, and, and obviously this is really bad, and, you know, I would never condone this, but a caged tiger just before they're about to come out at a circus. That's what you like, isn't it? You're walking in circles and, you know, rattling up against the bars. No tigers were caged in the production of this episode of Running With Jake, the podcast, just to put that out there. No, they certainly weren't. But in fairness, if there was a tiger in this room, I'd rather it were in a bloody cage. <laughs> I'm telling you, I can see you on the screen. You would never be able to swing a tiger in that room. It's never going to happen. That's a tiny <laughs> not studio. A not quite as small not as my... Not even a kitten tiger. No, not, <laughs> not at all. quite as small as my recording cupboard. Wouldn't attempt it, though, just to, for clarity. Do you know, I was that bored. I, this is how organised... Organised I am and bored I was that I've actually prepped the ingredients for food that I'm making later. I'm making a recipe. I'm doing, um, well, Nigella did the recipe, to be fair. I'm just whacking together the ingredients and uh, hoping it actually is simply Nigella. I don't know how easy it's going to be. But I've lined all the ingredients up, like the cardamom pods and the cumin seeds and a bit of turmeric. I even got the garlic clove out. I didn't, I didn't chop it or anything. I just got, I lined up the garlic clove. Like, I mean, that's a bit creepy, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like, that's too much. It's five past nine in the morning and I'm ready to go with the ingredients for tonight's dinner. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and the, the recipe and whatever you're making sounds like it's going to be really nice. Is it going to be wasted on Marty? Because she's got COVID at the moment, hasn't she? Is she all right with tasting stuff and stuff like she, that? Or well, <laughs> by the look on your face, does it matter? I've not really... Whether she can taste it or not, as long as you can. I hadn't, like, given that... <laughs> huge amounts of thought but you know when you, you're doing a recipe you kind of you follow a recipe don't you whoever it is your favourite chef and you just you know you you, you, you tweak it a bit don't you like, oh, no, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna I don't have that ingredient I've just I'll, you know I'll substitute it with this whatever it is you've got in yeah well I might just whack Always. a bit more chilli powder in there in fact I don't even know if there's chilli powder in in the uh, the recipe but I could just put some in there and hope that she can taste it um yeah, not really considered that. It's difficult at the moment because Martina's... I, did I not mention this on the show last week? I thought I mentioned that... I'm pretty sure did you I'm didn't. Not? No, I'm pretty sure because I, I I, obviously... I was there when we did the show mm. and then I um, was editing it, so I was listening to it then and then I listened to it as an actual listener as well. I'm pretty sure you didn't say anything about about this. You, you might have done. I don't know. You're adamant that you did. I don't I know. I think you didn't. But, but yeah, she, it doesn't she, matter. Ma- Marty's all covid up. 
Um, so she tested positive early last week. But we, it's, the thing is, she's it's kind of weird because she's working from home at the moment. She's got massive exams at the end of this year, like back end of August into September. So she was off for eight weeks anyway. And by off, I mean no longer in the veterinary hospital. She's at home studying, heads in books and laptops and all that stuff like crazy. You know, 10 hours a day type stuff. So it's kind of helpful in a way that she's off work and able to study at home while she's got this this uh, COVID, but it's a bit weird because we're both at home. I work from home, so trying to avoid each other is not is not so easy. I mean, obviously, I'm isolated in the in the in the recording cupboard up at the moment, so that's nice and yeah. safe. Um, that's good, but yeah, it's it's tricky, man. I just you know you know when you are in the vicinity of somebody that isn't feeling that well, and this could even be pre-COVID, by the way. You know, somebody gets a bit <laughs> sniffles a bit. Oh, you got yeah, a cold, yeah, coughing yeah, and sneezing. Oh gosh. And then if you spend some time around that person or people, then you start to question it yourself. Oh, maybe I do have a sore throat. Maybe I'm getting a sore throat. That's how it mm. felt this morning, a little bit. A little bit scratchy, a little bit. Do you know what I mean? I'm not sure. I'm just not sure. I'm hoping I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, fingers crossed. But, um, you know, before we did start recording, you were coughing and you were going, <coughs> oh, God. Oh. And I did think to myself at that point, oh, dear. We could be coming down with something here. But how's your training been going then? Obviously, you've been doing all your stuff, and I, I guess um, Marty's not training, I guess. But how's that all fitted in with COVID and the situation? Well, I'm I'm still training as normal. Martina uh, isn't training at the moment, so she's kind of backing off a bit. Obviously, she's kind of got no choice in that, although she's thinking about getting out there for a very easy plod she she may well be negative now so she's she's going to do another test she's testing really like frequently she's feeling pretty good to be honest so it's not really affected her massively but when i'm out mm. there like last week I, when martina i knew she she was positive i had like a tough session to do an interval session in the local park here and it was in my mind a little bit do you know what i mean when you're doing tough sessions anyways people know listen to this it's hard work you know sometimes in your mind you're a bit oh gosh, I've got to get my head into the game here because it's not just like put your trainers on, go and have an easy plod. It's like effort and you've got to really focus, really focus. But I was also a bit conscious because I thought, well, I'd done a test and I felt okay and I was negative. But then you start to have these thoughts in your head. Well, what if I'm just not showing that I'm positive yet? You know, all that kind of stuff. So it was a bit, it was a bit weird. I was a little bit distracted. I did get through the session. It was a really good session. I have overcooked some of my quality sessions of late with pace. I've, I've, I'm sure people can relate to this, pushing a little bit too hard in the first couple of reps or so, and then you're not burning out towards the end. So I've managed to pace it quite well last week, which was a good thing. So it's business as usual, to be honest. I'm, I'm probably due a bit of a down week. I always say to people, look, people I coach, have some time out as well. That's important. Uh, one of my guys that I coach, Marcus, doing amazing at the moment. And I said to him, he did a 5K time trial that I set him. He's smashing some great sessions, mileage, weekly mileage. I said, now's the time to be careful my friend when you know when you're on that wave you're feeling great you're like yes come on i want more of this i'm feeling fit i'm feeling strong that's when you need to be careful because i think it pays just to be a little bit ooh, a little bit paranoid or oh, an injury could just be around the corner because it stops you pushing that little bit too much don't want injured we don't want injured runners do we that's not good it's not fun we don't want injured no. runners. That would be bad. Injured runners would be bad. So all is good, apart from the fact that Marty's got COVID. Yeah, yeah, but I'm all right. So I'm out there later today. It might be a medium-long run, circa 10 miles, so quite happy about that. The other very important thing, I think, to have in mind, if you're training really well and things are going well, obviously be careful, be careful. We don't need to get injured. But some people do talk about the whole comparison is the thief of joy. I think there's a little bit of truth in that. If you're one of those people... 
you need to be careful you don't compare yourself to today's guest. You do, yeah, don't go comparing. Blimey, let's get today's guest on, shall we? Let's do it. For the show notes and video content, go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast. Are you excited about today's guest? I'm, I'm always saying I'm excited about today's guest. Every time I have a guest on, which is every week, I love it. I get so excited. Are, are you excited about today's guest? Even though, as a non-running guy, I sit here, I am excited about today's guest because we've only just said hello to him very briefly. I'm engaged by him. I know the kind of flipping impressive stuff that he's up to. So, yeah, I'm excited. Are you excited, Jake? Well, look... I am excited, obviously. We have spoken about this. Just be careful you don't start comparing yourself. We know comparison is the thief of joy. Do not <laughs> compare yourself to today's guest. Today's guest is Thomas Drybarler. He is an extreme runner, and that's putting it very mildly. He's also a mindful running teacher. I want to ask him a bit about that. Super interesting stuff. And he has set himself a little challenge of running. I can't even say this without my eyes watering. Of running 25,000 miles around the entire circumference (laughs) of the world. Wow. He's aiming at doing this in three years, finishing in December 2025. I don't even know what I'm having for dinner next Tuesday, never mind December 2025. Tom, it's great to chat to you on the show. How are you doing, buddy? I'm very well. Thank you very much for having me. But, you know, I look at actually at this a completely different way. Yeah, the truth is that 25,000 miles altogether, but my focus is on two and a half kilometers in the next 15 minutes. And this is what I'm thinking about. I don't really think about, you know, 40,000 kilometers, which I will pass in the next uh, um, three and a half years. For me, that's 15 minutes, which I have to pass two and a half thousand kilometers. That's all. Now, this is right up our street, Tom, this stuff, being very aware and mindful. And we know that lots of runners listening to the show and around the world do set themselves goals as well and targets and it's how they break those goals up and and how they stay in the moment and you are clearly uh, very well positioned to give us your thoughts and advice on this i want to ask you about this but let's just starting with this challenge why are you doing it first of all because this is a lot of people set themselves big goals social media really helps now to get those messages out there and influence and inspire people but this is monumental why are you doing it (laughs) you know the the funny thing is that i didn't actually play plan to do it. Um, One day I just go out from my home for (laughs) running to improve my mental health and the stuff goes crazy, you know. I pass pass few challenges, I discover few amazing things along the way of my running road Mm. and I don't know how how this happens, I'm just running around the globe now. (laughs) It just goes this way. I mean, what a just <laughs> insane attitude! So much fun and energy. I just, I can't believe it. I, it just, I just, think, I just thought, I'd, you know, this is proper Forrest Gump stuff. Yeah, as an excuse for doing something, Tom, it just goes this way. Is just the best excuse, <laughs> and nobody can argue with it. Or the best, not even. No, I'm sorry, I'm using the word excuse. Should probably use the word reason. It's definitely the best reason. It just went that way. I love that. Yeah, but you know that there is a few big reasons also behind this. Uh, you know, it, it just goes this way. I didn't plan when I started running very intensively. Actually, in 2018, I didn't plan to go around the globe. 
but I passed a few challenges, as I said before, and it was just growing and getting bigger and getting bigger. And I started talking with a few big organizations, um, charities, you know, um, um, and uh, institutions. And then someday we said, okay, it's a, it's a great thing actually to say about your work to people around the globe. So uh, yeah, let's do it. And now I'm running. So, you know, we do this. There's actually three big reasons for me. So one is the, uh, that I want to I have uh, two sons in London and I want to inspire my sons and show them the different um, lifestyle and show them that they al- always have to fight for their dreams and do what, you know, uh, drives them in life. The other is the philanthropic um, reason. Um, I'm working with the UNICEF. We will be supporting uh, child protection and education. We will fundraise for kids in Ukraine. Venezuela, Philippines, and Yemen. And the third one is my personal one. Um, except for all pushing all limits, etc. is a commercial um, reason that I'm promoting my book, I'm promoting my community, my uh, coaching program. So I cannot be hypocrite that I do everything, you know, um, just for the people. I am also helping uh, myself with this run. I really admire your your very clear honesty there, Tom. It's, you know, it's quite clear that you've got your reasons lined up, those three very powerful, in some respects, different reasons. And, and, and that's great. And I think people, it's a lot easier for people to get on board with that. If they, there's no scepticism, they know why you are doing this. And it obviously adds a lot of weight for you when the going gets tough, as I'm sure it will and it and it has done, which I'm, I'm going to ask you about. And talking about your two sons in London and, and being an inspiration, it's, it's, you know, amazing stuff. What I'm interested to know, I mean, we, we you know, we laugh about, well, I don't, it just kind of happened and we go from one <laughs> challenge to the next. And people can relate to this in some respects on, on a different level. You know, if you're first getting into running and you do a couch to 5K program, you're able to do 5K. Once that daunted you, no longer does daunt you. It's like, well, what's the next challenge? What's the next bar? And it kind of goes from there. Obviously, this is quite an extreme level but you're an extreme runner but how do you do it i mean there must be it must be a logistical nightmare i mean i can't imagine how to even begin planning something like this you mentioned uh, support supporting unicef raising money for a fantastic charity are these guys behind you are they helping you what sort of support do you have to actually to 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 be able to do this challenge yeah but look it, of course, there's lots of dots to connect and lots of, you know, moving points and lots of things to, to think about. But actually, we people, we tend to complicate everything. And on the end of the day, it's not really so much difficult. The entire work which I do, I just do this with the laptop in my backpack. And that's all. I'm only losing, using laptop and I'm only using my phone and my mobile. And, you know, I'm running like most of the day. I usually start like really early in the morning when I run the challenges, five, six in the morning, then usually by about two, three, four p.m. I'm done with the running. I'm finding the hotel. Oh, I book the hotel in the morning and I'm running from hotel to the hotel. Then I'm getting to the hotel. I'm resting for one hour, one and a half hour. And I'm sitting up, uh, sitting down to my laptop and, you know, sending the emails, talking with uh, people. 
And uh, my approach is very simple. Everything is a statistics. If I want to arrange something, organize something, I cannot send one or two emails because more likely I will not get any response. I have to send 10, 20, 30, sometimes 300 emails to arrange something. And then when I arrange this, I move to the next point. So yeah, it's a lot of things to organize, but by the end of the day, it's not really so much difficult. We human, we tend to complicate things, but it's not really so much difficult. I really like that, and I, I I feel relaxed talking to you, Tom. I genuinely mean that. You know, I can see how you would be a, a very good guy to be around with your, your friends and family, and and kind of a calming influence. And as a mindful teacher as well, I'm sure that's at the the centre of what you what you do and what you believe and how you operate in life. Tell me a little bit about being a mindful running teacher for people that perhaps don't know exactly what that is. Well, how would you describe it simply, and, and how did you get into that? How did you become one? Uh, it was it was completely accidentally. Everyone is actually asking me about this. And it's happened because when I was running my previous two challenges, my very first challenge was to make 5 million steps in 100 days. I was late by one day and I did it in 101 days. So I'm, I'm not so much disappointed because of this. <laughs> and then the second challenge was to run 11,000 kilometers through Asia just with a backpack. And both challenges I did with a three weeks uh, gap in between to, to rest. And actually, when I was doing those two challenges, I discovered the state of flow. I never heard about this before. And um, I got to this really accidentally because, you know, when we live in London or in any other city, you don't see really a lot of snakes on the street. But when I was running through Asia, through a small roads, uh, through the jungles and the villages and the fields, the, you know, the snakes was absolutely everywhere. And because I go through some um, uh, traumas in uh, when I was a little kid, then you know, my mind was always dwelling on the past, worrying about the future. It's uh, nothing different from most of the people. We always think about what happened to us or m- what may potentially happen uh, to us. And few times I almost step on the snake because uh, I just haven't seen them. I was just, you know, uh, thinking. So I was worried about my life uh, because some of the snakes was the dangerous, dangerous snakes. And, um, you know, I just started putting my entire attention on the road ahead because I was worried about stepping on the snake. And when I was doing this, I didn't know at that time that I'm practicing mindfulness, that I'm practicing mindful running and active meditation. And at some point I started running like crazy distances, 70, 80, 90 kilometers, 100 kilometers, you know, one day, second day, third day, second week. And I was like, what the hell is happening to me? And, you know, after, after run, I was able to sit down to my laptop for a few hours. So I started searching. When I started searching, I learned that I'm actually getting into the state of flow and actually that I'm practicing mindful running and active meditation. So when I discovered this, I just started reading about this. Last year, I read 24 books on the subject. And then I just learned more, learned more. When I was running with a backpack through Asia, I uh, got booked for 20 universities in Thailand. And I was running just with a backpack from university to university. And I was actually learning about the flow, about mindfulness. And I was, and straight away, I started talking about this because I become hugely passionate about the subject. And, you know, what I learned in the past few years is that if you are passionate about something, you don't really have to have a lot of knowledge. You don't need to wait. Oh, I have to wait until I have, you know, um, um, 
master the subject. You can just talk about this as you as you as you learn. Then I get booked for <clears throat> 34 universities in Malaysia and um, Singapore, but unfortunately COVID happened, so then I I didn't talk at those 34 universities. But that's how it how it all started. That's how I get to to mindfulness is accidentally because I was afraid of the snakes. <laughs> and, and do you think that experience, the fact that it wasn't uh, almost, it wasn't deliberate, it was to avoid the snakes and you realise actually I need to stay in the moment here. I can't be thinking about past experiences and what might happen in the future. I need, I need to think about the road and these steps and staying alive, you know, staying well. Do you think because of that, it, it helped you to like feel it. Does that make some sense to you? You know, it, it was a real, you, you felt it because you were there, you experienced it firsthand. You didn't read about it and then think, mm, well, maybe this is a good thing to kind of, a good path to go to go down. Do you think that firsthand experience helped with the passion that clearly you have for mindfulness? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, my interest was, I, I, I never compete with people. I never race. I, I never run a marathon. You know, I ran, some of the days I ran like twice more than the marathon, but I never race with the people. My interest was never in uh, in that physical aspect of the of the running. My interest was always in a mental aspect of the running, and that was the main point why I started running. So you know, when I discovered the flow, when I started learning about this, um, then it, it was actually you know fulfilling my interest in running. So then I was getting just from one point to another point, and it was growing. There was the Red Bull who wrote the article about me uh, and about the mental health. Then the people started asking me how, why you do this, how you do this, how you achieve this. And you know, it was just getting from one point to another. But absolutely, that first thing that I felt something which was amazed to me, which was something what I never felt before, then, uh, you know, I become hugely passionate um, about this. And then I, you know, now I'm spreading the world around the world. I think there will be people that listen to your message, that are listening to this show now, and, and other people that read your stuff and see what you put out on social media and listen to your interviews, that really, they buy into what you're saying and they want to feel it. They want to... Because it sounds like an amazing place to be, let's be honest, where you are in the moment. And of course, this is not just in physical activity. It could be in anything that you are doing, not projecting into the future, as we all bloody do, let's be honest. I know I certainly do that. Thinking about the things that we've done previously and maybe we should have done something differently. You know, how does somebody, without going out there and running with snakes and avoiding them, how does somebody start? this journey and take those first steps into just staying in the moment because you mentioned a marathon and there are people and you 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 kind of have I guess a funny relationship with the marathon distance because you do it you do more than that clearly but you don't view it as a marathon it's not a competition thing you don't sign up for the you know the official marathon races but for people that are into that sort of stuff and they're like oh my god I'm at mile four and I've got oh 22 to go this is just insane how do we start that process of being in the moment and staying there sure is you know, it's super simple, but at the same time, it's quite difficult. So let me start from the point why it's difficult. The difficulty is because we have a 40,000 to 70,000 thoughts a day, every single human. And, you know, we our brain is thinking 24 hours a day, but all of this is happening in our subconscious mind. We are not aware about this. We don't know that the thoughts are happening. So you, when you're trying to be mindful and when you're trying to meditate, 
And when you hear those thoughts, because then you're starting, you are quieting your mind, um, and then you're starting hearing those thoughts, you're thinking, oh, damn, this is not really working for me. Because when I'm starting trying to meditating, I started thinking about the, you know, what I need to buy for dinner, what I have to reply to the email, what I need to do this evening, etc., um, etc. Et it's like, you know, thousand thoughts, uh, um, you know, a minute or a second. But this is the great thing because this is actually working for you because your mind thinking those thoughts anyway, thoughts are the events which are happening in your mind. You have them anyway, 24 hours a day. It never stops. So when you quiet your mind a bit and when you hear those thoughts, it becomes a bit overwhelmed at the beginning because you think, oh, this is not working for me. But that's actually working. Just keep going, keep moving forward. And, you know, of course, it's a bit difficult at the beginning because... uh, No, you can stay focused for two, three minutes maybe, and then you're coming back to those thoughts. So just don't criticize yourself for this. Just say, just acknowledge. That's the, that's the best way. Acknowledge and accept. Um, so when you have those thoughts, just say to yourself, thoughts, and try to go back to that present moment awareness, to, um, to focusing on, on, on one point. And, you know, in a few seconds, a couple of minutes, it will happen again. But just keep going, keep doing. And at some point, you will be shocked. For someone, it may happen after a week. For another person, it may happen after three months. But, you know, at some point, you will be in shock because you look at your watch and the 20 minutes gone and you actually don't even know that you did have any sort of thoughts at all because then you know when you when you practice this your the the, the mind the f- uh, focus is like a muscle so the more you practice this the muscle is stronger your focus is stronger so you know there is a few very simple exercises which i uh, teach people how to do it One of the simple, simplest one, focus on orange color when you run. So, you know, when you run, you have all, you always see a lot of green, um, brown um, colors and a blue because of the sky. But the orange color is not so much in the environment when you run, especially if you run through the, through the nature. And each time just focus on noticing orange color. So the same as I was focusing on noticing the snake. And each time when you see this orange color, just acknowledge it and say to yourself, orange and keep running. If there is no so much orange colors in the environment, you can try to also notice the yellow yellow color or the amber color similar to orange and just acknowledge them. And you'll be in shock that between the, you know, half an hour, the relaxations of the body will get you on a completely different level. So try to do it. You, you can try, you know, you don't have to do for the entire run. Try to do it for 15 minutes uh, at a time uh, and, and you will notice the huge difference. I'm going to give this a go today. Yeah, I'm running later, about late morning, half 11, I'm aiming to get get out there and I am going to give this a go. Send me an email later and tell me how many orange colors you have noticed today. <laughs> 100% I will do that. I'm really up for this. And I, I really like it as well, Tom. And I love one of the things you said there about acknowledge and accept, like with the thoughts. That's, I think that is an incredibly difficult thing to do. There may be people nodding away, listening that agree with that. I, I personally find it quite hard because I think 
I don't know, as humans and in this life that is so chaotic and there's so much stimulation at the moment, so much stimulus, so much happening and oh, social media and everything, that it's hard. We want to judge everything. We want to explain and understand everything, give everything a reason. Well, I feel like this. Well, what does that mean? Why, why do I feel like that? I started reading a book last night, Tom, actually, called The Little Book of Emotional Intelligence, which is, it's been on my radar for quite some time. If you've not read it, it's definitely worth checking out. This is by Dr. Andy Cope, Doctor of Happiness, they call him. He's been a guest on the show before, many episodes ago. And it talks about emotional intelligence and, as you will know, being aware of those emotions, but not judging them, you know, not trying to really analyse them, just notice them, let them go, let them pass. And I think that is kind of the early steps of being in the moment and not kind of trying to to reason with everything. I really like that. Definitely not easy though, is it? And do you, do you think, I'm interested to know with the people that you teach and the lessons that you give, do you think that people want to master things sooner than is perhaps possible so that therefore they can become frustrated, disappointed, dejected, and it falls by the wayside. I see that in myself, whether that's learning Italian because my girlfriend's Italian or whether that's something like meditation, which I've tried before. Yeah, I start out with, right, I'm going to do an, an hour a day. Well, guess what? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Happen. You know, what I always say to people that don't ever try to start even from 10 minutes, start to try... Um, from three minutes um, meditation. I'm not actually teaching the traditional sitting meditation because I understand that this is what you what you tried. Um, and the traditional sitting meditation is much harder uh, because I was also trying this. It's much harder than the active meditation because you know you have to separate time for the traditional meditation um, and you always have this oh god but I have to respond to those emails I have to do you know this podcast I have to think um, you know what are questions I'm gonna ask etc etc but while you're practicing uh, active meditation you are implementing active meditation to um, activities which you already do so you know I teach people to implement active meditation to such a simple things as uh, brushing your tooth or lacing your shoes or drinking a coffee or writing an email um, you know whatever you do to, throughout the day and I teach people to start from three minutes per exercise but repeat this like five ten, ten times um, a day and they don't have to separate time for this so they are not in rush to finish this activity because um, they do this Anyway, you know, if you have, if you're drinking coffee, you have a 10 minutes time for a break and drinking coffee, then you can use that time for practicing a bit of uh, meditation. Yeah, so it's like bite-sized chunks, isn't it? Rather than, right, do one do one long set of meditation, be that traditional sitting, as, as we're kind of referring to here, or you can break it up. And actually, it's a lot easier to, to find one minute, two minute, three minutes. Um, by find, I mean actually make that time and allow yourself to sit and, and do that. But the active meditation fascinates me, and I think it will to a lot of runners, because you probably know this, Tom. As a coach, I and, and before a running coach, I was a personal trainer is my background. So working with people in the world of, of fitness, physical and mental, I sense that a lot of people just want to keep going, especially runners, the driven. They just you don't want to stop. We want to keep going. If we get an injury, right, what else can I do? How soon can I, can I be back running? So actually to 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 not find, but to allow that space to sit and do nothing is quite hard. Whereas actually if we're saying, look, do you know what? Go and look for the orange colour here. You know, go out there and just let's have a different focus 
for the run today. Let's just shift the focus a little bit off metrics and what you're working towards and and non-running stuff like writing shopping lists, as you mentioned, or what you're having for dinner tomorrow. Let's just focus on that colour. And when you notice it, clock it, register it, let it pass, move on to the next one. I think that's amazing. I'm actually really excited to try yeah. this. I can't yeah, wait and to you try know, it today. You know, the trick is that um, uh, if, you, if, you, if you want to try something for three minutes, whether it's, you know, running or whatever activity, if you want to try for three minutes, then you don't have this resistance in, inside of you that, okay, I don't have time to, to, to do it. And if you try something for three minutes, then more likely you will just continue to do it because you will feel great after this. You will, you will see, you will feel how much relaxation you actually get after those uh, three minutes. And if you repeat this several, several times throughout the day, it will actually lead you to doing this for one hour because you will be in shock how much time you free from, um, you know, from your daily activities because then you create this, as you said, you create this mental space uh, in your brain. You understand that uh, you don't have to respond to all your thoughts, which straight away, um, you know, be, you're becoming like extremely productive. You know, that when you get into the state, when you start getting into the state of flow, there is a um, research saying that... Um, the flow state increases your productivity by 500%, increases your creativity even by 700%, increases your um, uh, um, learning skills by 490%, increases your problem-solving skills by 430%. So imagine how much time you are freeing, actually, from your daily activities, because people think this the wrong way around. They think, oh, I will not practice because I don't have time for this. Think the other way around. I will practice because I will have much more time for myself and for everything what I do, want to do throughout the day. You know, people ask me, how the hell you work, you run for seven hours and then you work for another few hours and you still do all the work? Well, this is the answer because I, you know, when I run for seven hours, I meditate for seven hours. So then I have a plenty of time because when I sit down to, to the computer for two hours, then in those two hours, I do the work for the, which before was taking me eight or ten hours. It's where you are in your mind in any given moment, isn't it? And I, I think that's a really powerful takeaway here. I mentioned earlier that my girlfriend Martina, at the start of the show, she's studying um, for big exams, veterinary exams at the end of this year. So she's actually off out of work at the moment, as in not in the veterinary hospital at the moment, Tom, and studying for eight solid weeks. That's difficult. As you know, for, with what you do and spending time in front of a laptop a lot, she's getting her head into her notes and, and all this kind of stuff. And she needs to retain the information ready for big exams like two-day exams in, in uh, end, end of August. So she's really working on, and we, we speak a lot about this. I'm not an expert in this field like yourself, but she's really working and we're working on, on managing that, that diary, that time to give her the most. It's not really time. It's more energy management, actually, rather than time. Does that make some sense? It's, it's where she is in her mind and how much of that information she can consume and retain, obviously, with the nature of, of what she does. I think that is fascinating stuff. Fascinating stuff. Really, really like that. So getting back to this this big challenge, talking practically here, obviously we can't just think about running around the world. We actually need to do it. You are up for the challenge. This You mentioned just before we connected, Tom, the, uh, the a bit of an injury at the moment. Now, this always... 
I always wonder this with people like yourself that are doing these big things. Like, if I was doing a big challenge, even if I'm doing just a, a race for me, I'm like, oh, what if I get injured? You know, is there a contingency? What happens? When you're putting yourself out there, and this is obviously on a big scale now, talking to, to, to various broadcasters around the world, podcasts, I know you've been on lots of news channels and things. Do you have a contingency for injury? I mean, it's running. It can happen. What, what do you do and how are you managing the situation at the moment? I mean, you know, when 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 you practice mindfulness and then you are really and you know, I I do this for many hours a day, then um, you are really aware of your body, mind, and emotions, and um, you, you know you cannot. It's a lot of kilometers, so you cannot uh, prevent. Even the mindfulness will not prevent you from the injury. The injury will happen, but uh, you know the first thing is that I know that they will happen, and I accept this, and I just put myself into this, and um, you know it, it's fine. I just you know consider the time. You know, I consider the breaks. Uh, I already plan um, and it's not my first challenge so I know what I can expect from my uh, body I know like I have a little injury now but um, I just uh, noticed the uh, pain uh, which was suggesting for the injury so I it was kind of my prevention and because I'm really conscious of my mind and my body and my emotions then I recognize that this is the uh, um, you know indicating injury pain so I just slow down I'm running um, I get to running now 200 kilometers per week um, and I just slow down to about 80 hundred kilometers per week and I'm getting some rehabilitation and you know, special training uh, for my uh, feet. And I hope by the end of this week, maybe next week, I will come back to, to running again those uh, much longer distances. It's still 100 kilometers a week, so it's still a lot. But, you know, I, I also, because I have a plenty of experience, I also divide the entire challenge the proper way that um, I'm running Monday, Tuesday, then Wednesday is my recovery day, to give it time to body to to you know relax and to rest then i'm running thursday friday and saturday and sunday is my recovery day then every fifth week i have a one week break and um, um i have two sons in london so um every half them which is five times per year I'm spending time with with my kids. Um, then you know we have the entire challenge divided on four stages: US, um, Asia, um, uh, Arabian Peninsula, and Europe. And between each stage, I have a one month break. So you know it's a conscious challenge. I know what I'm, I'm doing, and you know it's also coming from the from my knowledge of the flow that I know that the flow have four stages, and if I want to get into the flow regularly, then I need to give a time for uh, for all the stage and including the recovery. You know what goes up when you are in the flow, all your emotions and uh, you know everything what is happening in, inside you is really really high, but what goes up must go goes down and you have to understand this that you have to give a time for recovery to your emotions to your mind and to your body tom when you are in the state of flow do you know in the moment that you're in flow 
Or is it only afterwards? You, when you, you know look this. Back? You know this after. And sometimes, sometimes when I'm running, I have this moment. But you know, to to explain to people, we already said about this. But to be really clear, because people may think, "Oh, this guy's running crazy distances. I will never achieve flow." No, you can achieve flow in five kilometers um, run, in ten kilometers run. It's just a matter of creating a proper conditions. You can, as you said, you can achieve flow when you clean, when you, you know, when you whatever activity you uh, um, you do. You don't. Know Know, um, that you are in the flow. You sometimes I have those moments when I'm r- running and I get into the flow and I was like, whoa, I was in flow. And then then you lose it because when you become conscious, then you lose it. It may happen. It may happen that uh, you know you get again, but it may happen and you not get again. <laughs> I I think that's a point definitely worth reinforcing, Tom. And I thank you for that. That it doesn't just have to be big distances, huge challenges. I mean, I guess that's part and parcel of being in flow isn't it that kind of time stands still it's almost irrelevant what went before and what's going to come it's what's happening in that moment and and that i suppose clarity you mentioned uh, creating the proper condition the proper environment I, I just think there's some because sometimes this sort of stuff with mindfulness you know, i touched on emotional intelligence which is kind of connected you've got you know being uh, active meditation it's it can sometimes confuse people i think and almost feel like it's untouchable like i can't i don't i don't even know where to start with that or maybe i've had one go tried too much as we said earlier you know i said i'm going to do an hour a day didn't do it and we're talking about breaking it up but creating that right environment i i really you're really painting the picture that's a really beautiful place to be not only beautiful but accessible you know it's very real just start small tell me about your sons in london How, how old are they uh, is a 10 and 17 years old. So, you know, the 10 years old is really engaging me with all the mindfulness and uh, practicing with wow. me and, you know, doing the gratefulness uh, exercises and meditation. And we set the challenges for ourselves. Our record is to pass 19 kilometers walking, not running. I can't really push him yet for running more than uh, one kilometer, I would say. The other one is a teenager, so it's not really, uh, that is not really so much popular at current time. But <laughs> Yeah, he's too cool for it, mate. I know exactly what it's like. I've got an 18-year-old. <laughs> but, you know, I, I keep inspiring them. I keep keep doing this and mm. I know that at some ta- at some point they will grow up a bit more and they will understand everything and they will just follow those steps sowing those seeds now from a young age absolutely love that when, you, when do you next get to spend some time with them Tom they're in London I understand you're in Poland at the moment you've got this big challenge when, when will you next get to, next get to see them um, well the, the half term starts soon in about three weeks time so I will be uh, back to London soon and they will be also coming to, to Poland I'm, I'm flying I'm planning to fly to United States States to for my challenge by the end of um, August, maybe the first week of uh, September. So you know we have the whole whole summer in front of us. Tom, I've loved talking to you today. I really appreciate you you reaching out and coming on the show and telling us about not only this challenge, but it goes much much further than that. Talking about raising money for UNICEF, great causes. I know there's a particular focus on children of Ukraine at the moment, which is. You know, I, I think we're all, um, you know, very sad to every time we turn on the news at the moment. So it, just thank you for sharing so much of your story. I'm sure your kids, can I call, Pete, can I call a 17-year-old lad a no, kid? No, don't, do call, don't call him a kid. Do can I, can I, well, I'm sure your sons are very, very proud of you. I'm sure they've got a lot of love for the dad. And I wish you well with the injury. I'm sure you're going to be back. You've got a great attitude. And we would love to catch up with you again in the future.
Thank you so much. Absolute pleasure. You know, we will have a broadcasting studio with us along the way of my running road. So definitely you can catch me at any point and doesn't matter in which part of the world I will be. Well, that sounds uh, crazy professional compared to the outfit that we have here. I'm, I'm uh, Look, I'm in a cupboard here. <laughs> Pete makes me record in the cupboard. We've got really high echoey ceilings. We will definitely catch up with you, Tom. If people want to keep up to date with what you're doing, they can follow you on Instagram. Where, where can they follow you? Yes, the Instagram probably will be the best um, uh, place because I'm the most active on Instagram. But we will have the production team along the way of my running road so all the social media will be um, uh, very active and um, um, on my website they can find the most uh, information so to follow Tom on Instagram it's Thomas Drybala which is T-O-M-A-S-Z underscore Drybala D-R-Y-B-A L-A I will link that in the show notes page which is runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast Tom look after yourself my friend I'm sure we'll catch up soon thank you so much thank you for having me Running With Jake the podcast. <clears throat> Definitely getting a little bit scratchy, you know. Come on. I don't think it's in my head. Just a bit... <clears throat> you know what I mean? Just a bit... <clears throat> do, um, <laughs> do a Patreon thing. Go on, beg for some money. Actually, <clears throat> we need some money, don't we? Last week, we had a, we had a problem again last week. Oh, we had a problem. God, didn't we? We had a problem. Didn't we have a problem last week? <clears throat> yeah, last week's show was brought to you in association with Jake's phone um, rather than an actual proper professional studio microphone. You know, we had to record it on your phone because it all went wrong in the studio, didn't it? So we needed to replace a mic because we got some issues with it. We knew it had been acting up for a little while. And um, we were able to do that because um, of the generous work of our patrons. Thank you so much, genuinely. Uh, if If you do pay us money, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's so lovely. It was a genuine panic last week, by the way. It was a genuine panic. I mean, you wouldn't know that behind the scenes. You wouldn't know that until we opened the door to backstage and we tell you all the good things but all the bad things as well. It was definitely a big issue last week. We panicked. We panicked, man. The show almost never happened. We panicked and with that came a showbiz strop, Jake, I think it's fair to say. (laughs) I'm not saying which one of us did the showbiz strop, but I'm pretty sure one of us threw our headphones down and said, and I quote, I'm not working in these conditions. (laughs) Right. Just in case it happens again. Just in case... Tell people where to go to give us lots of money. Okay, if you would help us out, that would be great, you know. This show is uh, free, it's always free. Um, If you want to pay for it, and if you do enjoy it, and if you do take value from the content, there's like 200-odd episodes out there now. Uh, There's loads of good stuff there. So if you've stuck with us for a a good while, and you enjoy it, and you can afford a a couple of quid, um, then please do... Uh, just dig deep and give us a, a, a few pounds just to help us um, help us continue to produce it. Uh, you can do that by going to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast and there's a big Patreon banner at the top there. And now it's time to take another one of your questions. It is hashtag Ask Jake. Today's question comes from Steve who wants to know how to pace himself during interval sessions. He typically runs on heart rate, but he always finds that the first couple of reps of any interval session, he ends up slightly overcooking it while his heart rate catches up. Steve, this is perfectly normal. It happens a lot. It happens to me. And if you are running on heart rate, which I'm a big fan of, by the way, it is important that first of all, you make sure you do a very thorough warm up. So maybe throw in some slightly faster bursts of uh, effort just before uh, you start the main interval session to get your heart rate up. So once you've warmed up fully, 
normally there's less of a difference then between the heart rate at the end of your warm-up and what your heart rate might hit during the interval session. The second really important thing uh, to do is in the first couple of reps, focus a little bit more on pace. Because if you're focusing on heart rate and potentially RPE, so rate of perceived exertion, how you feel, those two things are going to be much lower initially because you're, you're pretty rested. You know, you feel fresh. You haven't, you're not into the interval session yet. So you need to be a little bit cautious so that you don't overcook the pace in the first couple of reps, which means you'll burn out towards the end. And then sort of rep three, rep four, that's when you can start to focus a little bit more on heart rate and always, always match that with how you feel on any, on any given day. I hope that helps. Best of luck with your future interval sessions, Steve. If you've got a question, it's hashtag ask Jake. Or, <clears throat> definitely a problem here. Or you can drop us an email at podcast at runningwithjake.com. <coughs> you know, I might have to rethink today's run. Here was me saying I, I might do a medium long run. I might run up to 10 miles. I think I probably just need to put the PlayStation on, sit back and chill out. Maybe some some kind of lemsip or something. I don't know. You know, i got to feel sorry for myself. Somebody's got to feel sorry for me. Yeah, you should feel sorry. I mean, <laughs> you know, Marty's there with her head stuck in some box for 10 hours a day because she's working towards some exams at the end of August and you uh, with COVID. And, um, you know, you need to feel sorry for yeah, yourself. Just, you do, definitely. I just definitely. get bored, man. I just... Leave me on my own for 10 minutes. I just... I prepare ingredients and I just get bored. I just get bored. Jake, the show's nearly over. I'm afraid what you're going to have to do now is you're going to have to go backstage, you're going to go ha- have to put yourself back in that cage and wander around it like a crazed tiger. Right. I'm sorry, it, the time has come. <laughs> right, sounds like a plan. We've not got long. If you have enjoyed today's <laughs> show or any of the episodes of Running Reject, the podcast, then please do uh, make sure you follow, subscribe, all that sort of stuff, and give us a little rating and review if you do have five minutes. If you get bored in five minutes, give us a review. We'd massively appreciate that. Just check out Running With Jake, the podcast podcast obviously on the app that you use to listen to all of your podcasts we will be back next week for more running madness running motivation just make sure you're there have a great week catch you soon oh (coughs) and one more thing (laughs) if we wait until we are truly ready then we'll be waiting for the rest of our lives (laughs) 